with Morgan streaking. She's chipping the goalkeeper! The pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large and, and we want to continue to fight. Uh, the generation of players before us fought and now it's our job to, to keep on fighting. The pay cap for the women's Major League Soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap for men's Major League Soccer. 11 times. Rapino gets across it. Listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera only on Girls Soccer Network. Hello and welcome. This is Give and Go on Family FM, recording inside Canal Street Studio. I am your host, Rotas Wadera, and thank you as always for making the choice to listen to us at Girls Soccer Network. Again, we got all the latest content, analysis, merchandise, health and wellness. All kinds of tips to help you not only better yourself as a soccer player, but as a person. Go to www.girlssoccernetwork.com. Of course, follow us on Instagram, at Girls Soccer Network. On Twitter, at Girls Soccer Net. We have a YouTube channel as well, where, we've, where we have been posting Tuesday Touches in partnership with Striker Elite. So a ton of great stuff going on, a ton of great content. Make sure you stop by the website and check it out. Other important news iTunes has been going to work in the podcast section, and guess what? You can now, you can tell Siri straight off the bat, play Give and Go. And the show will immediately connect you right to your podcast app and will play. You can also tell Siri, play my newest podcast. Or, hey Siri, play the first episode of Give and Go. Or you can ask Siri, what podcast is this? And of course, the most important command to tell Siri Hey Siri, subscribe to this show. If you have not already, make sure you have that on lock. We have so much to discuss this week, and uh, a lot has been going on. We have a very special interview with David Copeland-Smith, one of the best trainers in the world. And he has obviously worked with some of the more uh, big-time names in the world of women's soccer, and so you do not want to miss some of the insight that he provides and some of the anecdotes that he has when it comes to working with some of the best players, it is a great interview. You do not want to miss out on that, so make sure you stick around for that. But first, a lot to go over. The U.S. Women's National Team against Spain, right? That happened a couple of days after our last episode, episode 11, so we'll briefly get into that. Sky Blue continued. A lot going on there. Some new news has, has broke in that situation, so we will definitely get to that. The Seattle Rain are no longer the Seattle Rain. I have some... Very interesting words, a hot take, if you will. The Washington Spirit inking a new TV deal and so much more. So let's get right into it. We start with the U.S. women's national team against Spain and a 1-0 win. Spain did a very good job based on just their overall shape. Um, defended a lot better than I thought they would, that is for sure. But, you know, Spain really um, is proven to have you know, a younger generation of players come up through the ranks, and now this might be one of their best teams ever in their nation's history on the women's side. So uh, the U.S. Uh, really scraped by a 1-0 win, and even though, yeah, it may not have been the bounce-back performance we were all looking for after the loss to France, but it goes to show that this team can win in a multitude of ways, and that is how they are going to defend their title, because 
not every game, similar to the France matchup, not every game is going to go according to plan. And you have to be able to adapt and change on the fly. So hopefully, right, this is a another stepping stone towards the World Cup, and, and it, it was great. And Kristen Press, again, proved to be uh, the player of the match for sure. And in these two games, she has really solidified herself. She really seemed to be the only one on the United States team uh, who was not um, bothered by the rust and, and the lack of activity. Um, just from following her on on social media and seeing just her her persona and the type of person that she is she's incredibly spiritual and i think is a firm believer of of your overall energy and and mindset and i think what she's what she was able to do leading up to those two games it really speaks to she kind of had the right mindset and really seemed fresh out on the pitch and that was clearly evident in the goal that she scored where um you know, it's been a little, I wouldn't say it's been a little while, but you could tell just from her, you know, from her time in Utah this past year, in these two games against France and Spain, she is picking up the ball and taking on defenders and showing that she's got that little bit extra, you know, pace and quickness and and first touch to get around just about anyone. And uh, that was a very, very impressive goal. And so hats off to her. She is obviously a very important piece for this team, and she will be a critical piece for the Utah Royals in the 2019 NWSL season. So the U.S. women's national team, much, much better after I highly uh, criticized them in that loss against France. This was much, much better. And something, again, to build on. So good on that front now we move to something very very important in terms of where where the direction of the nwsl is going in terms of news because two big big things that i think were not great for the league still um we talked about how this league is growing tremendously and needs a lot of good publicity normally you'd say any publicity is good publicity um, good or bad, but I do not think that applies in this case because Sky Blue, one of the owners, is Governor Phil Murphy, and it's been reported that Governor Murphy has had to submit himself to the ethics panel because of his direct involvement in the recruitment of a draft pick, calling Julia Ashley personally and unsuccessfully, which may have violated state, state ethics laws. I mean, what is it with New Jersey politicians, man? First, Chris Christie getting us into a load of trouble. Um, I mean, what he did to New Jerseyans was not right. And now you have Governor Murphy doing something that he probably shouldn't have done. Uh, it's not okay to tamper in this way. Um, that's what the front office is for. It's their job to convince the players to stay. Um, so it, it was. It must have been a huge punch in the gut when when Governor Murphy got the news that Julia Ashley was headed to Sweden. So... Uh, this, again, not a good look when a governor of a state is um, involved in, in an ethics breach. So we've, we've got an article that I was able to write over on the site um, titled Dark Skies Ahead for Sky Blue FC. And this is something where Tony Novo, the GM, has said, you know, we will be making changes in the infrastructure. He hasn't, I don't know if promise is the right word, but he has definitely hinted in that direction. So you better hope right that 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 gets sorted soon because and this is something i mentioned in the article um you know the boston breakers are an example that i like to, to point to because they were um a team that had you know one of the original teams that has been a part of american women's soccer history and all the other leagues that went defunct and now they um unfortunately had to 
uh, dissolve and essentially, you know, pack up their bags and leave, which is unfortunate because that's a, a proud fan base and a proud franchise that, that we've lost. And Sky Blue is in a definite, you know, similar situation. And if the money is not there, this team will fold. Um, you also mentioned, you know, one of the things we mentioned that RJ Allen has been quick to point out, he's done some great investigative reporting on this. Denise Reddy may not be the overall issue, but she is a big issue that has f- fueled um, a lot of a lot of what has gone on there at the club and you can definitely you know it would explain a lot more into why they only won one game last season uh when you're looking at the list of players that did not want to play for her it is absolutely mind-boggling and again all of that is at www.girlsoccernetwork.com so make sure you get on that yeah sky blue yeesh if they fold it again we need this league to be going forward we need more teams and when teams are folding in this manner, uh, it's, it's, it's not a great look at all. And number two, the Seattle Reign are no longer the Seattle Reign. They will be known as Reign FC. They are moving to Tacoma. What is going on? Okay, what is going on? Are we regressing? To me, everyone's saying this is a good move because the facilities are better. The ownership is better. Here's my take on this, okay? If... Like, the league is not in a place right now. They are not established enough for this to be an amazing move, personally, right? We need the team to be based in Seattle, okay? The team needs to be based in Seattle. It needs to be in the biggest market possible in order for it to grow exponentially, to grow the most. And then, once we are established, like, say we had five more teams if we had like 14 to 15 teams then this move would be amazing right to move to a smaller market and that's that's hard for me because i love the small market teams i think you know they have very passionate fan bases and they deserve you know just as much as the big market teams and so um normally i would be totally on board for this but um yeah i don't understand how they did not get a deal at CenturyLink field where the seahawks play and where this more importantly where the seattle sounders play if an MLS team is already playing there, you should be able to get uh, the same access. I'm not sure what happened with ownership. I'm not in in those meetings behind closed doors to figure out how how deals are made. But that is a huge. This is a huge loss for the league. They needed it to be at CenturyLink. The other thing is, if you're moving it to Tacoma, Tacoma is only 45 minutes from Seattle. Why are you changed? Why are you taking Seattle off the name? It's not like you're moving two hours away and it's going to be Washington State's team. It's still going to be Seattle. Why are you changing it to Rain FC? I, I don't understand that. It's like the New York Jets and the New York Giants play in New Jersey, okay, at MetLife Stadium, but they're not like it doesn't work that way. So a, a lot of different things going on. And the other thing that I really, really am upset about is um, the fact that they, because they couldn't get it done at CenturyLink, the rivalry of Portland versus Seattle that is there. I mean, just envisioning Seattle filling up CenturyLink in order to just go toe-to-toe with Portland's fan base and how they always show up for every single game um, at the and the atmosphere is incredible at Providence Park, you know the CenturyLink field, whether it's the Seahawks or the Sounders, they have some of the best uh, fans and and create an incredible atmosphere. So that is a huge part of this that I don't really think more people are talking about. And and again, take nothing away from 
you know, the stadium in Tacoma. Uh, but it's just a missed, missed opportunity for, you know, just this rivalry and what it means. Like, we need more atmospheres like the one at Portland. That's only going to attract more players who are going to want to play in cities other than Portland. Every single big-name player has has said, I want to go to Portland because of, you know, who doesn't want to play in front of, front of those fans. And it's the same thing with Seattle. I mean, you know, an, another passionate city. So which one is it? Is it Seattle Rain? Is it Rain FC? We're not technically in Seattle. We're in Tacoma. It's 45 minutes away. I don't know. I don't know, man. I just really wish that this had got done. But what can you do? Seattle are no longer Seattle Rain. They are Rain FC. Wow. That's going to be a tough adjustment for me. I'm going to be saying Seattle. <laughs> I'm going to be saying Seattle quite a bit. That is for sure. But we do have some other good news. Uh, the Washington Spirit, all right, have signed a TV deal with Monument Sports Network and NBC Washington. Uh, we're looking at twelve games, twelve Spirit games, and and for it to extend, for this to extend in terms of the broadcasting market into, into local markets, and the fact that there is enough of a market there for for viewers to want to tune in. I mean, this is big for for the league because if each uh, each team can get a local affiliate um, attached to it, right? That's only going to mean more media attention, more media coverage, more awareness about the league, and that's the only way it's going to grow, right? This is directly from one of the articles on our website. Quote, this agreement with Monument Sports and NBC Sports Washington is truly groundbreaking, said Washington Spirit midfielder Andy Sullivan. My teammates and I value every avenue for enhancing the bond with our fans, and this partnership enables us to take it to another level. In addition to game coverage and special promotional content, fans will receive unprecedented coverage from NBC Sports Washington and MSN as women's soccer takes the stage this year for the Women's World Cup. So it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. And um, again, so two steps forward, one step back, right? We've got things that are bad for the league and we do have some things that are good for the league as well one final piece of news before we head to the next portion of the show abby ursek is back in black okay she uh made headlines a couple months ago by retiring from the new zealand international uh side due to uh differences with the culture and and how the team was being run and now she's back. I mean, I think we could have expected, right? If they were going to qualify for the World Cup, there's no way she's going to, um, you know, completely just be that stubborn and be like, no, I'm not going to go to the World Cup. Of course, she's arguably their best player. Her and Ali Riley, you know, two of the best uh, defenders in the world. And um, that's some back line that you're going to have to stop. And, they, and the Ferns are going to have uh, high expectations to get to the knockout stages this year. Uh, they're constantly, they have, they are another one of those teams that has grown tremendously. And uh, again, defense can get it done. Defense wins championships and they may not have the, the strike power to, to really, you know, challenge a lot of teams. They do have what it takes to get out of that group and make things interesting in the round of 16. So, that will be a fun situation to keep your eye on. But, yes, Abby Urseg is back for the Kiwis, the football ferns, and, and that's great news. And now a word from our sponsor, Striker Elite. Based out of Las Vegas, Nevada, Striker Elite develops confident, creative, and elite players in soccer and for life. 
After instructing players seeking to play at the highest level, Coach George Nahorski quickly recognized the need for an environment that helped these players excel at a rapid pace. That's where the creation of an academy that would specialize in training soccer players was born. Focusing on player development, the curriculum at Striker Elite emphasizes technical skills, tactical awareness, mental toughness, character, leadership, and confidence. They currently have U.S. Development Academy, ECNL, ODP, and college players at Striker Elite, as well as aspiring players seeking to play professionally. Striker Elite trainers are qualified and have extensive playing and coaching experience. Whether you're a club player looking to take your game to the next level and become a college or professional player, they will help you fulfill your goals. They provide elite one-on-one training, partner training, small group and team training, plus elite camps. For more information, go to www.strikerelitesoccer.com. Again, I've uh, spoken very highly of Striker Elite, and we love what they do, what they bring to the table in this industry, uh, and they are you know, one of the best places you can go if you're really trying to, to make strides and become a better player. So uh, be sure to you know, get on that. Of course, you'll see us post, um, do a lot of posting with them in terms of Tuesday touches and, and promoting some of the other stuff that they've done. They've obviously had a camp with Carly Lloyd recently. That was huge. You should go follow um, Striker Elite Soccer on Instagram, okay? Check it out. Um, you will not be disappointed. Okay, before we get to a very awesome interview with David Copeland-Smith of Beast Mode Soccer, uh, we've got the W League playoffs set. They just wrapped up round 14 the last week of their season, and there are four teams waiting to battle it out. Melbourne City will not be going for their fourth straight title. Unfortunately, they just missed the boat on the top four. But it's going to be a great, great uh, show regardless. Next Sunday, of course, it will probably be in the middle of the night here in America, so we will not get to watch uh, either of those games unless you really love it that much and and you want to stay up. More power to you if you can do that. But uh, let's break this down here because... Obviously, there are plenty of Americans and plenty of NWSL players who you have heard of playing in these games. So let's break it down real quick. First up, the Melbourne Victory, who went top of the table, will be taking on the Perth Glory, led by Sam Kerr. Now, Melbourne, uh, again, surprising because you look at their roster and, you know, you're looking at Laura Alway, Natasha Dowie as the captain. Uh, What a productive goal scorer she has been for as long as she's been. Emily Gielnick, and then uh, you have the two players from Orlando, Danny Weatherholt and Christine Nairn. Christine Nairn has had a tremendous season for Melbourne, really being that creative player who can not only score goals but put crosses into the box. She's got great technique. We've talked about her before. And, you know, if, sh- if this is what she can do for, for Orlando, it will be huge. And then you can't count out the youngsters for Melbourne either. You have Melina Ayers and Kyra Cooney-Cross, who... Um, if need be, can come off the bench and provide that lift. So they're a fun team to watch. Um, And also in W League history, uh, four times out of of ten is when the team that has gone on to go top has gone on to win the title. So, you know, 40% chance we'll see if Melbourne can get it done, and it will be a tough, tough task against the Perth Glory, who were top for, you know, a large chunk of this season. Uh, Sam Kerr. What more can you say? The greatness 
She is now the all-time leading scorer in two leagues, and she finishes where in the in the FIFA Player of the Year voting? Yeah, I'm not over it yet. I'm not over that yet, and I will not be over it until she gets the respect that she deserves, period. She needs all the love in the world that she, you know, with her level of production, she's just flat-out unstoppable when she's clicking, and Perth know exactly what to do. Just get her the ball in and around the box, and Rachel Hill and Alyssa Mounts have done that to perfection. So... Um, also got to give a shout out to Eliza Campbell in goal, who has made the save of the week about, you know, three out of the four, three out of the last four weeks. She's been phenomenal for them in goal this year, making a case to be arguably the third keeper in line for for the Matildas. So we'll see how uh, Perth do. Can Sam Kerr capture that elusive uh, title that she's after being one of the best players in the world it hasn't worked out in the nwsl can they get it done in the w league we will find out this weekend it will be a great matchup and then of course on the other side you have sydney fc versus the brisbane roar and oh man this is that is a tasty matchup yuki nagasato having a great season for brisbane scoring some world-class goals uh again chicago red stars should be very, very excited. But also, Alira Toby, uh, a very, very bright young player for the Matildas who can take on anyone um, and has really proven that time and time again she can get it done for Brisbane. So I think that is a very interesting prospect if Brisbane can uh, you know, take out Sydney. But again, th- Sydney have their own thing going on and they have uh, a ton of talent. I think they might be my pick to win it all. Uh, this year, you have Danielle Colaprico and Sofia Huerta in the midfield, right? You have Princess Ibini, who has given them a lift as well. But really, the the deadly duo has been Caitlin Ford and Lisa Devana. Devana has been putting in some great service to Caitlin Ford, who has been getting it done this year. Finally seems to be set as a striker up top, and they are reaping the benefits, Sydney. They look like a dangerous team, and they're going to be my pick. Uh, to win the W League, but again, we'll see. Can't forget about Chloe Lagarzo, either Alana Kennedy. So they've got some players, Sydney, and I think they are going to be the team to beat heading in. So uh, th- that is it for the W League, uh, but all these teams have been playing such tremendous football, and we cannot wait to see how this title uh, plays out, the grand final, as they call it, which will be. I would understand two weeks from now rather than one. Okay, it is that time. Mr. David Copeland-Smith of Beast Mode Soccer, an interview you do not want to miss. You have waited, and here it is. David, you are one of the best trainers in the business. Why did you decide to get into your current career path, and what is it about this line of work that has driven you to get to this point in your career? Um, that's a good question. Um, so I came over from the UK a long time ago now. Um, and I was working for MLS camps. Um, I ended up staying in Florida at the time. Um, and I started coaching teams because I've been coaching in England. Um, and I wanted to to continue that path here. So I saw just a huge amount of potential with the amount of kids playing here. Um, and I liked the weather. 
I'm not going to lie. Um, so in Florida, I was coaching a couple of teams and um, players uh, started to approach me to do one-on-one sessions. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed in Florida is the, player, the players had the, had the physical attributes, um, but technically they weren't quite there. And not just technically, but like decision-making process as well. Um, it was like they would get the ball and then wonder what to do with it instead of already having a plan. So I started to do the one-on-one sessions. This is a long time ago now as well. Um, so I started to do one-on-one sessions and I love the fact that I would see results quick with players. Um, and it kind of started to snowball. Um, I was doing, you know, 15 to 20 one-on-one sessions a week on top of the coaching as well. Um, and they, they, the two teams that I was coaching did did pretty well. They were, for what it matters, they were, they were ranked in Florida. Um, and then I moved to California um, and I decided to focus on the one-on-one market, one-on-one and small groups. Again, I, I was enjoying it a lot more than the team um, coaching, which was, it was weird because that's what I'd always done. But I, I think I just enjoyed the interactions a little bit more. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a lot less politics involved when you're doing one-on-one in small groups because, you know, players are there because they want to improve. Um, and I just had a lot more fun doing it. You train both uh, men and women, but is there a particular reason why you've kind of decided to focus on working uh, a little bit more with women when it comes to soccer? Yeah, like clearly, like we predominantly work with women. Um, we we get a lot of pushback about that as well. Um, it's which is always amusing. I've you know I've always. I always just work with whoever wants to improve. Um, now it kind of worked out that way because when I did get to California, um, I basically needed to to get a paying job to support myself whilst I was looking for one-on-one stuff, and it ended up the high school that I worked at. Um, it's like a it's a well-known private school here called Harvard Westlake. Um, I was doing JV girls, and um, one of the kids on the varsity team um, asked me to train her. Now, there's a story here that I'm going to go into. Mm-hmm. So the first day of, of practice for that year, um, the varsity coach wasn't there, so I took both of them. And, uh, and at the end, uh, this particular player told all the freshmen to, to put all the equipment away. And uh, I explained to her that 
that's not how I do things and she should lead by example. And uh, she explained back that it's tradition. I explained back that that's actually a tradition of bullying. <laughs> I believe, I, I can't exactly remember, but I believe her and the other seniors put the equipment away. But it was like, that was game over for me. I, I was I was not part of their team. They hated me. Mm. So I would walk into the school every day and that group of seniors would give me death stares. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, so, you know, as the season goes on, I noticed this girl is called Ali Riley. She, she is a New Zealand's national team captain and played at Stanford and now plays for Chelsea in England. Mm-hmm. Um, so as the season goes on, I notice Riley in the stands and she's watching my practices and I think she's messing with me. <laughs> like, I think she's like, seriously, like, and I'll catch her like watching my sessions with the kids. And I'm like, why is this girl messing with me like this? This is like, this is next yeah. level. Yeah. So she comes up to me couple of months in, she's like, listen, uh, can I talk to you? And it's like not, you know, we're not exactly warm to each other. And I'm like, yeah, what do you want? And she told me she's got an opportunity to play for New Zealand's under-20s in the World Cup qualifying. You know, and, and I'm obviously, I'm British, so I'm extremely sarcastic. So I'm like, well, you know, oh, clearly you're going to play for New Zealand with your broad Kiwi accent. And, uh, you know, she gets into it. She tells me what's going on. I ask her if she's played OEP here because this is pre-ECNL, pre-DA. Um, and she hasn't. I asked her about if she called up to the national teams here. No. So to me, it's a no-brainer. You go and play for New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, then she's like, okay, me and my dad were asking, were wondering whether you would train me. I'm like, ah, the people who tried to get me fired call me to train you. Um <laughs> So I agreed, and you know the, that I think Riley was was very much a tipping point for the direction that we've gone because I'd never worked with a player before who had that insane work ethic, um, and that's a testament to Ali. Like Ali is, she's just a worker. She never stops, and she was the first player that that would do everything I would tell her. Um, and that's continued throughout the years with her. You know, I remember she was at Stanford and I would get a text at four in the morning saying, oh, I just beat my tennis ball juggling record. Like, I wouldn't respond because it was four in the morning and I was asleep. But I would wake up and I'm like, okay, cool. Why are you doing that at four in the morning? <laughs> like, no, nah, I had to beat my record. I'm like, okay, but maybe let's manage your load a little bit better. Um, and from from Ali, it kind of it kind of is a big spider web in in most in most fields of work, right? There's this this um, spider web of connections. Um, and Ali was Kelly O'Hara's roommate uh, at Stanford. Right. So that's kind of where the spider web started with with Ali. And then in LA, um, you know, I started to get this reputation um, for for building players up, um, you know, because of Ali. And then I worked with a, uh, a girl called Jill Oaks. Um, and Jill 
again, phenomenal. She's on the comeback. She played for the national team. She's another Harvard Westlake player. She was actually coaching with me at the school. Um, and Jill and I started, right, Rollers, I told you, I don't, I don't stop talking. Uh, <laughs> Jill and I started a pickup game at a field. That I, I lived in this house, and this house had a field in it. Um, I don't know what your pop culture is like, but it was a guy called Robbie Williams. Who was oh, like, yes, heard uh, of him, yes. Yeah, like, so Robbie's like massive all over the world, just mm. not in America. Like, last year I went to Mexico to see him, and there was 85,000 people. Just, it was crazy. That's mad. And uh, so I was, I was house-sitting, but Rob obviously was on tour. I was looking after his dogs. And um, we started this pickup game. And, you know, Oxy brought up um, a few players like Liz Bogus and Amy Lepelevit and Sarah Huffman. And we we would all train before um, we would play. Um, and then that, that kind of kicked off. And, you know, I, I never set off on this journey to you know specifically coach either gender because i don't care if you come to me and you want to work hard and you've got goals that you want to improve i will train you um i'm not sad that it's gone this way i love what i do you know um i'm very fortunate to have been surrounded by strong um women for the past however many years like what is that it's so long mate it's so long. I don't like to think about it because I, I think I'm old. <laughs> right. right. So six, 16, 17 years. Um, you know, so I'm very, I'm very um, proud that we've done that. But that's that's the reason that why we've kind of we're known for for going into that market is because it, you know, we didn't choose it; it chose us. So it's interesting how you you know mentioned it really started with Allie Riley and and I guess tell us more about what it's like to work with players like Alex Morgan like Allie Long Rachel Daly and what does it mean for you to be able to kind of share your knowledge and and training philosophies with with such big players? Um. So, you know, I I always I always give Allie Riley the the credit for for beast mode soccer. Um, because she really epitomizes what it's all about. Like, you know, Ali, when I when I met Ali, she was like a speedboat with no driver. Like she were rapid, man. And and at high school you can get away with that. At college you can get away with that. Right? You can be fast and you don't have to be super technical. But Ali worked and worked and worked to get more technical and Paul at Stanford did a great job with her. He converted her to a left back. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where these players are so open to learning. Um, and you know, don't get me wrong, like <laughs> the first, the first few, few sessions with all of them, I definitely feel like there's a, there's a period where you have to prove yourself as a trainer and they have to prove themselves as a player. Um, and when I when I first started to work with with Alex, like Alex, Alex is big time clearly. Um, but I was I wasn't taken back by it. I just I knew what type of player she was. 
because you know when a player comes up to you and says like listen i wanted to see how we would get on i need someone to make me better and i know that person is you um that's very humbling right um and it's not just it's honestly it's not just the big players it's it's the players that you you may never hear about you know it's it's all about the work ethic because our system is the same for each player you know we're not we're not changing it up um the intensity might be different the complexity of the drills might be different but the system's all good so you know it, it's across the board it's always humbling when when people think that you you have the knowledge to make them their best selves and you know i love i love the fact that i'm kind of like a guide in their journey now uh you've also uh you know you talked about your reputation that you built up and um with that obviously comes expectations as you mentioned people like players like alex morgan are coming up to you and you know trusting in you have you ever had any tough situations with with parents who are bringing their kids to you and and the kind of the expectation is that you're going to help get them to the college level and beyond yeah so yes is the answer um now I've also got quite a reputation of being very blunt um, because I, I genuinely feel like that that's what's missing in society. Like everybody feels like they have to sugarcoat everything. So, you know, we'll, we'll have 11 year olds conscious and, you know, the parents are like, right, yeah, UCLA, Stanford. And, you know, you, sometimes you get excited because the kid's good. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times you like you, your kid can't kick a ball properly. Your kid doesn't run properly. So it's all about with the parents. It's all about communication. Um, you know, some some people, some of them don't understand the the level of commitment it takes to get into um, these schools to get in to play a profession for a professional team. Even these days, it's to you know, make the top ECNL DA team. You know, there's there's a there's a lot of good players in Southern California. Um, so like the when when player when parents come to you and say, you know, all right, my kid's gonna be the next Alex Morgan, it's gonna be the next Mia Ham, it's kinda like low, yo, just chill, slow roll. <laughs> your, your kid needs to be the first themselves. Um, so true. So I will. I will do my hardest to to guide them to become that player. But it's up to them. Like we use a hashtag called Own Your Development, um, because it's very much like we will we will guide you. Like we're like we're kind of like Google Maps, right? Like right now I'm in Los Angeles. Um, if I want to drive to Mississippi. I'm going to put that into Google Maps and it's going to show me the route. It's going to tell me how long it takes, but it ain't going to do the work for me. I've actually got to get in my car and drive. And that's kind of what we are. Like I will, I will plot out how you can do it, you know, what you need to work on and how much work you're going to do, but you actually have to do the work. And I'll be honest, that's what puts a lot of people off. That is what puts a lot of players off because it's hard work. You know, there's a reason that, 
you know, Ali Long is in LA right now training every single day because she's got goals. It's the same with, with Alex, you know, Alyssa Nair flew in because she wants to be in goal when we're training so she can get extra reps. They're still working almost harder than I'd say they've ever worked before because it, you know, this is a journey that if you truly want to be at the top, it never stops. You know, there's not one point in football where you go like, yep, I think I've made it, so I don't have to work hard anymore. So with, with parents and, and younger players, it's about managing expectations. You know, if, if the kid genuinely wants it to play at UCLA or Stanford or, or uh, anywhere else, it's, I'm never going to say, you know, that's impossible because it's not. But after three or four months, you're going to see, like, I'll see if this player is, is capable of playing at a high level. Now, is that philosophy that you have? Do you think that is what separates Beast Mode Soccer from, from other training programs and academies? What is it to you that really has, you know, stood out? What separates Beast Mode Soccer from, from everywhere else is our delivery of knowledge. Um, and our systems, you know, we put drills out there that, you know, everybody and their grandmother copies, um, which is cool. That's why we put it on Instagram. So, you know, I love it. I love when I see other trainers using our stuff. It's awesome. Um, I love, you know, I, I live in El Segundo um, and Rach Daly and Kristen Lewis were here the other day. They walked to the store and Rach takes me going, Dave, there's a trainer on the field and he's doing all your stuff with kids. And I'm like, that's awesome. Right. It's great. But you know, what we don't put out, put out there where well, we will be shortly is, is our system for doing that. Um, and I, I honestly think with, with our, with myself and my trainers, what separates us is we actually care about the person um, over the soccer player, mm -hmm. right? And yeah, that's critical. You know, I always, I always tell people, I, I love football, I love it, um, but it is not the most important thing on earth. You know, like my my goal when a player comes to me is to create a confident young person who you know, uh, gets to their potential as a soccer player, but also their potential as a human being. Because, you know, one day the soccer thing is going to stop for everyone. And I want them to take, like, this work ethic that we help them create and this drive, I want them to take that into a career because then they will be successful. Um, so for, for me, it's, it's, you know, a hundred times more important than drills um, and social media is that, you know, we're creating confident young people. And how does everything you've just mentioned tie into the um, new app that I believe you guys have coming out soon? Would you like to share some more about that? Yeah, so we have a app called My Soccer Training. Um, it's it's very, very close <laughs> to coming out. Um, it is, okay, so this is the deal. We've, we've had um, D 
digital products, digital training programs, and they're phenomenal. Um, and if you follow them, you will, you know, you you're going to become a better soccer player. So, but we put some uh, questionnaire out, and people wanted similar content, but an easier to handle format because right now they're PDFs and videos on the website. So clearly that, you know, an easier to handle thing would be an app. So we thought about just regenerating the content and putting it into an app. Um, that was on February 12th, 2013. Now I still have that tweet saved. Um, so over the course of the last six years, it's just kind of been on the back burner. And then two and a half years ago, we started to really get into it. So I started to wireframe it all out. And I'm a, I pride myself on being a little bit different and a little bit weird. Um, so we, I wanted to start from the ground up. So we had all this content. I'm like, nope, don't want to use it. I want to start from the ground up and build something very special. And like I was talking about our systems earlier, our systems, it, it's in this app. Um, so it's a web-based app and also a native iOS and Android app. Um, so you, I don't know if you're familiar with Macma Fitness, um, but it's kind of like that. You can go online on the computer and then you can go onto the phone and it seamlessly um, syncs. So our system is very like simple. Like we want players to analyze where they are right now, um, technically, tactically, physically, mentally, socially, like where are they right now? Who are they? Um, and from then there, we want them to create some short-term goals and long-term goals. Um, which is in the app as well. Um, then it's all about organization. Um, you know, I can go into to why players are successful. And the one that always sticks in my head is, is Alex Morgan. Because, mm -hmm. because Alex is so successful, she has a lot going on. You know, and especially around this time, where there's a, a World Cup coming up, if it's any tournament really. But Alex has a lot of photo shoots, interviews, videos, commercials to shoot, and she has never missed a session through because of commercial endeavors. And I've actually been there with, with Al when she's on the phone, and she demands that these huge photo shoots uh, arranged at a time that is after 11.30 a.m. because we're training. You know, there was one, I can't remember what magazine it was for, maybe like Style or something. They did the photo shoot whilst we were training. And, you know, Alex is like, just so you know, guys, I know those cameras are expensive, but if you stand in front of me, they might get smashed. And, you know, it, it's funny because I've, I've never actually had this conversation with her. But I've always, I've, I've always thought that that quality in her um, is what makes her, you know, that that much better than players. Um, and sometimes I wish these um, brands would focus on that part of her as well. 
you know, if they, I've, I've always got a campaign in my head where they could just film a filming something else and be like, listen, you know, she's she's in a session right now. This is what she is actually like. Mm-hmm. Um, went off on a tangent and a little bit. So in the episode, I said it's all about organisation. So what 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 I didn't want to do was create an app where I send you a session each week or each month and you everybody does that session because in my mind every player is different what what I need to work on you may not need to work on mm-hmm. um, so I wanted it to be personalized which is what we are about as a company is personalization um, so I decided right I want to I want like between 20 and 30 sessions when we launch. And these sessions are built into the app and it's like footwork, first touch, control, dribbling, shooting, passing, 1v1s, toll plays. Um, so we've got 30, 35, I think we've, we're launching with, 36. Um, it was 30 and then I, had, I, I was on the field and I was like, well, what if players only want to do a 20 minute session before practice? So I had to go and do those sessions. So we've got blast sessions in there now. Um, and from the sessions, the player can just click on a session, add it to the calendar, which honestly, I still get buzzing. I've, I've probably done this like 5,000 times now when I'm showing people the app. And you basically click it, click on a session, and the calendar pops up, and you put the session in the date that you want to train. And I know as, as easy as that sounds, I, I get so buzzed. I'm doing it right now, buzzed. Because <laughs> to me, like what the feedback that we get from players is, it's hard to organise sessions. Number one, I don't know what to do in you know when I'm training on my own. Number two, I don't think I have time. So we we're taking these excuses away. We're like taking the souls of these excuses, and we we've made it into a calendar where. You know, the player can put infinite sessions into this calendar. So you can you can get ready for a month's worth of training. You can, you know, most players will do a week. You can, if you're real crazy, you can do six months. And every time you log into the app, that session will be waiting for you. And, you know, you just click on the session. The video will show you what to do. You do it. Then you input your stats afterward. Um, I'm talking a lot. I apologize. Um, this is great. No, this is great. This is uh, keep going. The stats is on an honor system. Um, so, you know, you, you put the touches that you got in, you put your shots, you put your passes. Um, we were going to put a timer in. But again, like after talking to to some, some players um, from all levels, we decided that just because you, you're training a lot doesn't mean you're doing the right type of training. So we scrapped the timer. Um, the developer wasn't happy. It took them a long time to do the timer. Right. And then you can work your way onto the leaderboard. Um, we've got a monthly leaderboard and an all-time leaderboard. Um, we'll, we'll give away um, branded Beast Mob soccer gear and my soccer training gear um, each month. Not necessarily to the person who's top, but we, we've, we've got this uh, an algorithm in our office that we're going to look at and be like, okay, this player is looking like they're working really hard. They're, um, they're uploading pictures because there's a social media aspect as well. Um, so we, we built that in because I wanted kids to have direct access to uh, me and my team through direct messages. 
Um, they can upload pictures of themselves training. They can friend each other because we really want to create a, a strong community of like-minded players of all ages who, who are capable of driving each other on. You know, on those days that you don't want to train, if you go on the app and you see that your buddy's gone out and trained and they're encouraging you to, you're like, oh, right, I'm going to go out and do it. Um, and then the last... <laughs> The last thing we've got in there is uh, something called Beast Mode Soccer University because I didn't just want it to be a training app mm-hmm. um, because that's not what just what we do. Um, and in that part of the app, we've got professional player breakdowns where our analyst, Josh Krakowski, has... That is really um, cool. That is really cool. Yeah, we partnered with Instat, um, who... Uh, uh, analysis guys um, and they're phenomenal they break down games and clip it all and we've got pro player interviews in there as well and a lot of, the great thing about it is it's going to grow and each month we're going to put new content in um, mysoccertraining.com if you want to sign up and get early access again that was david copeland smith of beast mode soccer so much going on uh, with them, with, with him and, and with his company. Incredibly exciting stuff going on for Beast Mode Soccer. That app, you're going to be able to do a lot of things, really never miss a training session with something like that. But there were a couple things that really stood out to me in that interview. And, and I think the first was just the level of uh, commitment he has, how, how he said he's blunt, and if you're not going to work hard, it's not going to happen, period. And he talked about that story with with Alex Morgan and how just utterly professional she is and 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 it's really gets brings me to a point where you know athletes don't get enough respect for the work that they do behind the scenes right to get to where they're at we have you know we kind of take it for granted and we kind of assume like oh they're just great players they can just turn it on and off whatever they want but no it really is a never ending process to always getting better and that is something that does not apply just to soccer. It is something that applies to life as well. We can all get better and continually improve day in and day out if you just put in the work. Alex Morgan has all of her photo shoots apparently scheduled after 1130 because she has to get that training in. And for him to say uh, Alex Morgan does not miss a training session, I think that that really is a great indicator because when you're a megastar like that, surely you know, you'd think, um, I'm going you know, to take one day off you know, just because I'm, I'm feeling it and I need the day, I'm going to take a day. No, it does not work that way. It, it goes to show if you really, truly want to be great at something, what is going to separate you from the average person, right? Are you going to be average? Are you going to do what everyone else is doing? Or are you going to be slightly crazy about it and say, look, I ca- regardless of what the weather is, regardless of what is going on, I refuse to miss a session. That is entirely up to you. That is your choice. And that is very clear um, with some of these players um, and, w- and what they had to say uh, to David. So, again, that was uh, incredibly awesome to be able to speak with him and, and get that uh, interview and, th- and that discussion going. So we are internally grateful to him, and we wish him the best of luck moving forward. Again, at Beast Mode Soccer. Go check him out on Instagram. They've got a lot of great content, a lot of great training videos that – Everyone uses, as he mentioned, so be sure to check that out. And now a word from our second sponsor, Topical Gear. 
Topical Gear was formed in 2011 by a team of professionals from the orthopedic sports medicine field. Collectively, this team has over two centuries of knowledge in athletic training, biomechanics, product development, manufacturing, sports medicine, arthroscopy, and the pioneering of products in the orthopedic sports medicine market. Their team is constantly on the field or in the gym, getting feedback directly from parents, players, coaches, and athletic trainers as part of their continuing effort to develop products that help increase female athletes' performance while keeping them healthy. All of their products are backed by professional published research and tested by real athletes at both the high school and college level. All you soccer players, parents, and other athletes, go to www.compressioninmotion.com and check out the T25 knee along with other shoulder and ankle products. Again, make sure you go to www.compressioninmotion.com and Really, it's incredibly reasonable to get one. And if you have an opportunity to you know, fully eliminate and not have to worry about something like an ACL tear, uh, it is a huge peace of mind and an opportunity for, for you to, to really make sure that you take care of your body as well because injuries stink. And, and that's tough because it really puts you out of commission and puts you in a different space mentally if you get hurt. So definitely, definitely get on that and check out the T25 knee. Okay, it is that time for the social media and lifestyle portion of the show. Uh, we've got a lot of great content on the website right now, and you definitely want to go check it out. So let's get right into it. It's Black History Month, of course, and one of our writers, Hannah, has written an awesome article honoring U.S. women's national team stars or African-Americans such as Crystal Dunn, Kristen Press, and Jessica McDonald. Definitely make sure you go to www.girlssoccernetwork.com and check it out. Uh, another cool thing I saw on Instagram, Olivia Moultrie, who has been a friend of the show, uh, caught up with Ali Long and Lee Gwynn at um, a recent LAFC preseason match. That was pretty cool uh, to see because, you know, Moultrie in and of herself is going to be a star, and but she still is, is so involved with, you know, with getting the opportunity. She'll jump, I'm sure, at any chance to see some of these players live um, and really kind of take inspiration from them so just knowing what her passion for the game is after having spoken with her on our podcast again you can go back to one of our previous episodes and check that out and download that and one final thing to make sure you check out jen hoy has been putting out great content for us uh she's been kind of like a correspondent for us for a while especially in terms of health um she, of course she has her own uh social media page genuine foodie and she is making some really uh, easy recipes for you guys to check out on our Instagram account as well as her personal website as well. Smoothies, juices, really to kind of promote and, and uh, engage in a healthier lifestyle, especially if you feel like you're feeling slow and sluggish out on the pitch and you feel like you could use an energy boost and really trying to find a way to eat better and you feel like your diet hasn't always been in check she will be a great source of information to go to. So make sure you go check that out as well on our website. Okay, one final point uh, I want to make before uh, we head out, and I want to refer back to our interview with David Copeland-Smith and how he mentioned, again, another person who has done some uh, work on our site for us and, and has chipped in is Ali Riley, who is currently at Chelsea. And I found it interesting that, you know, David 
pointed out how it really all started for him with Ali Riley and how he helped build her up and it really started from there and it and how Ali worked so hard uh, to build her technique to get to that level and so really that is what the message is before we go you need to find out regardless of what stage you are at doing whatever you are in your life you have to find out your why instead of what you're doing. Goals are great. Like we all set goals. It is important to set them. It is important to follow them and hold yourself accountable. But you know, you will not be as motivated if if it is just a goal you have to reach towards. If you really go even deeper and ask yourself, why am I doing this? What is the purpose of this? What am I going to get on the other side? And if that benefit is not strong enough, right, then you probably shouldn't do it. But you have an opportunity to let that drive you, whatever that is. Okay, why? Find your why, and that is what will create that inner fire and that bit of passion. And and you yourself will go the extra mile when you make that happen and when you do it. So that is it for episode 12 of Give and Go. Thank you so, so much for joining us. And again, uh, we are so grateful for the amount of support that we've been getting and just keep supporting it. Keep showing us love. Drop us a review on iTunes as well. Give us some stars. Uh, that would be hugely beneficial for us and for this show. But again, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Give and Go is presented in partnership with Listening Party, the creators of Family FM. Follow the crew on Instagram at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market. Once again, I am your host, Rotas Wadera, and thank you so much for tuning in. See you in two weeks. Peace.